0: Been a busy day, but nevertheless, we are here with Edge of Your Sea podcast. I'm gonna call this a milestone. Why not? It's episode 15. What a day! And not only is it a milestone episode because it's 15, this is the first time we've tried to double dip on a single day. Won't happen often, but the way scheduling is working out, and got some interviews, want to get them out, and you know, this is, should be a good podcast just like the rest of them. So, why not double dip? I say double did because this morning we put out episode 14 with Peyton Heggy, the South Peru sophomore, who was going to the IHSA girls swimming meet. She actually did perform today on Friday instead of Saturday, like I kept saying, and I kept saying Win which I guess is wrong. Thanks for pointing that out. I had a couple people send messages saying I said it wrong. It's actually Win Edka. Not Wenteca, Etka. So I apologize for saying the town wrong. Thanks for pointing that out. I like that. Giving me feedback. Anything else you want to correct? Please let me know. You do not have a fact checker, and I do not know every town in Illinois. Even though I think I do, or that I've been to every single one of them, because I've been all over the state. Thanks for pointing that out. Anyway, get back to the point here. Peyton did swim today. She swam a 25.04 in the 50 freestyle. And then won her prelim heat in the hundred freestyle with a 5475. That is how she ends her sophomore year in the pool. Congratulations, that's amazing. Getting to stay and swimming, no classes. We've already explained this in the morning episode and with Ashley Heggy, her older sister who is a senior last week. Awesome. So happy for her. That's amazing. So before I get to the awesome interview we have today, or tonight I should say, which is Fieldcrest senior offensive lineman and linebacker Mason Falk, he joined us to talk about the Knights' Class 2A semifinal against Newman on Saturday. Oh, that's going to be a great game. I, man, I wish I didn't already have prior commitments. Actually, I'll just tell you bought tickets for Survivor Series WWE Survivor Series actually tickets for the whole weekend the Tickets included Friday's Smackdown Saturday the NXT Takeover Sunday is the Actual Survivor Series and then Monday WWE Raw. I'm only going to Saturday and Sunday I have a lot of commitments busy guy Cannot be spending all of my time in Chicago at a wrestling pay-per-view but should be a lot of fun. Not a huge wrestling fan anymore, honestly. I haven't watched current wrestling in probably about five to six years. The '90s was my thing. I stopped watching 1998, like right after WrestleMania 14. Got into sports. You know, I started talking to girls like I was a normal teenager. Had a lot of friends. We played sports. You know, I, I kind of got out of got out of that scene. And I started watching in 2011 again until probably like, I don't know, probably like 13 or 14. So it's been 5 or 6 years. So anyway, should be a good time. I always enjoy going to the live shows. I probably won't be able, you won't be able to hear me on Monday. I'm sure I'm going to scream and yell for people that I don't even know because I probably don't even know a lot of these wrestlers anymore. But it'll still be fun. With that said, Mason Falk is on today's show. Great interview. Before we get to him though, I want to say congratulations to a host of players in the football rankings. Not even rankings. IHSA state teams. All state teams. Best of the best. We'll start with 3A. Cole Wozniak from Hall. Senior fullback and linebacker. I think he got in there for as a linebacker first. But that guy was pounding the ball at the middle. He let Paul spread the ball. If he wasn't pounding it up the middle like he was, I don't think Marshall Walk or Austin Heineke or any of the other guys that Hall gave the ball to would have got the yardage they did without Cole. He was a monster. There were some games where he was dragging 2, 3, four defenders on him. It, it didn't even matter. He was getting 3, 4, 5 yards with these people just dangling on him. It was crazy to watch. Also our guy who has spoke on this show before, Ronde Worlds with Princeton. That guy is a stud, 6'2", 215 he's got speed and power he can bust on the outside or he can take it up the middle he's getting looked at by university of illinois northern illinois he's talking about going out to to western illinois and maybe maybe become a leatherneck lots of things going on with him glad to see him on the team and since princeton is playing byron in their class 3a semifinal on saturday we had to throw in tyler Ellsbury from byron he's a 6'6 300 pound lineman who is also on the all-state team i'll just give it to you right now we did get princeton senior lineman matt sayaki is on the show for saturday so that will be awesome as well so we're gonna have a breakdown of Fieldcrest crest and newman on this show and then on tomorrow's show We'll have a breakdown of Princeton and Byron from players. I like doing it. I like talking to the players to get their perspective and what they think about these games, what's going on behind the scenes. When the season wraps up and everything is said and done, then I'm gonna go and, and talk to the coaches and get a wrap up of the season and you know what it, this team meant to them and, and things like that. So I try to get all the kids. I wanna give them their shine. They're the ones putting in the work. The coaches will tell you that too. So don't think that I'm not trying to talk to the coaches. Just want to get the players to shine. And when we started this podcast, it was already in the middle of the football, volleyball, you know, the fall sports season. So I wasn't able to get, you know, we didn't do previews or anything like that. And everything was starting to wrap up all when we started. Golf was over. Tennis was that next weekend. And then so on and so on and so on. So as we get going on here and and get a... A routine with getting these interviews and you know schedules a little bit ahead of time It'll be all straight now and we'll try to talk to as many people and all people that we can Sorry, we did not get any Volleyball player on the show at all this year that will totally not be the case next year And maybe you know in between I really didn't like it when I first started reporting But as you as I kept doing it, I mean 14 years in the business I've watched a lot of volleyball so Love volleyball. We will get some players and some coaches on here. Going into 2A, Mason Falk, our guest today. So I talked to him a couple days ago and I did not know that he was on this list. I don't, I don't even know if it was out yet. It might have came out that day. So we did not talk about this. So I want to give him a shout out for being on this list because we actually talked about You know, there's got to be somebody from Fieldcrest on this list, especially the line because they're big. They've been handling it on both sides of the ball pushing the line offensively, getting through the line defensively, you know, just doing their thing. So Mason Falk, 6'2", 280, they have him listed as an offensive line and a defensive lineman, but he says he's a linebacker. I only seen him once and I really wasn't watching him per se, you know, the whole team. So offensive lineman and a linebacker, great for him, I wish we would've knew that he was on this list before we had the interview, but it's, it's kind of a coincidence and it's kind of funny. And it adds for another shout out to him. Great season, man. Wish you the best. There was nobody else in our local area, but Sterling's kind of close. And like I said, Newman is playing fieldcrest tomorrow. Two players from Newman made the list and Connor McBride, who they have him listed as a defensive back first? Actually, I don't even think they have him as a running back. But When I seen him in week one and week two, Connor McBride could do everything. He could run up the middle. He could bust it to the side. Dude was fast and powerful and big. I seen him return a, I think it was it was a kickoff, not a punt, a kickoff return for a touchdown, for like 75, I think it was 75 yards. Just a great athlete. He made the list, and so did Riley Westcott, who is an offensive lineman for Newman. So congratulations to all of them. It's a crazy honor. Not a lot of people could say that they accomplished. And you know, it's, it's great. It's, it's awesome. I'm, I've seen every single one of these players play and they deserve it. So before I get to the Mason Falk interview, there's one thing I want to talk about. I'm kind of chuckling because I have been in journalism for a long time. And I've been, I was at the News Tribune for eight years. I resigned in October, just a month ago. Throughout my tenure there, Chester Wieger's name popped up millions of times. I mean, there's a book about him, Starved Rock Murder, supposedly murdered three women. He had his life sentence that was given to him in 1960. He was 21 years old. He went to the parole board 24 times. A big chunk of those while I was at the News Tribune. Maybe not a big chunk. He went 24 times since 1972. I was born in 1985. So I was negative 25 when he got arrested, and I was negative 13 when he went to the parole board for the very first time. That is insane. So after these 24 times, 60 years in prison, he was awarded parole. I want to say awarded because, wow, I mean, that's a crazy amount of time locked up with a 9-4 vote. 9-4 vote. And there was plenty of people calling for him to stay in there. If you look at the News Tribune had a story, shout out to my friends and former colleagues from the News Tribune. Haven't seen quite a few of them in a while. I know they know I'm doing the podcast. I did have a shout out from the News Tribune Hall of Fame, which I had a part in this past year writing, I think it was seven or eight stories for the first class. You know, their their intro stories and why they were in there and stuff like that. They, they gave us a shout-out for our very first episode, so I want to give them a shout-out. There's too many people at the News Tribune who I call friends, and, you know, if I've seen them at Walmart or, you know, anywhere else, a mall or park or whatever, I'd stop and talk to and reminisce and all that other stuff. Hope they're all doing well. Just wanted to give them a shout-out. But Chester had stories there. He's got stories in the Chicago Tribune, on CBS, all over the place. I... I don't like calling murderers famous, he's not famous, but he's, he's very, very well known because of this. Like I said, there's a book which I have not read. I keep telling myself I need to read this book, but I have not. It's just crazy to know that he is out now. I'm sure he's going to go to a halfway house. I'm sure, you know, it's going to be a long time before he has his own place and he's chilling by himself on a patio, plus he's 80 years old. Who knows what's gonna happen to him. But he made it out. He didn't spend, you know, the rest his whole entire life in prison. But we'll we'll hear what happens. I mean if that guy burps the wrong way, we'll know. Everybody is watching him. Everybody. We know what you look like. We know the story. I I wonder how he's gonna survive. He's gonna have to stay in Illinois. He's going to be on parole for quite a while. He can't just leave and pick up stay and be like, oh Nobody knows me over here, which is probably not true either. This is nationwide. I said he was on CBS in the Chicago Tribune. The Chicago Tribune, even though it's in Chicago, that's not just Illinois-based, that's all over the place. Especially, I mean, it's 2019, internet carries everything everywhere. But anyway, I'm interested to see what happens. I'm really surprised that he got out. I never thought they were gonna let him out. I thought he was going to pass away in there. I thought he was gonna croak in prison. I wonder if he thought he was ever going to get out. He's denied that he murdered the three women that were murdered at Star Rock. plenty of times. Even though there's stories that he supposedly told all in 1960. It's a crazy story. Man, I can't even imagine that. I've seen quite a few comments on the News Tribune, Facebook, and, and other places saying actually there was a taxi driver in the Salle Peru area probably like two or three years ago that told me is like that guy was too small to carry three grown women across Star Rock like he was not that big not that strong and these a couple of those women were just as big as he was so I, I don't know I wasn't there obviously I was negative 25 years old <laughs> my mom wasn't even born she was born in 65 she had me when she was 20 so, I mean, I, I have no idea. I mean, if he did it, he spent 60 years in prison for it. If he didn't, he mistakenly spent 60 years in prison for it. I mean, it's done and over with, so we see what happens from here. But man, I'm gonna be watching this one closely. We will be back Saturday with Matt Saihaki And then Sunday, we were joined by Fieldcrest alum and Eureka. Just wrapped up his, his career with Eureka, Drew Barth. It was great speaking with him, catching up. It's been a while since I've seen him. But with Fieldcrest doing so well, his career wrapping up at Eureka, it felt only right to have him on the show. So he'll be on there Sunday. Thank you, Brian Cavelli, for the intro song. Catch us, follow us, comment, react, leave reviews anywhere on any of these sites. We are on Spotify at Edge of Your Podcast. Apple Music, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. And Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P. Thank you all for listening. Until you hear us again shortly, peace. Man, I can't believe it is already here. I've been waiting all week for these games, and they're just a couple days away. I have the opportunity to speak with Fieldcrest Senior... Mason Falk, how are you?
1: Pretty good, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing awesome. Thank you for joining us, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So I know I'm pumped about the game. How about you?
1: Oh, I'm extremely excited.
0: I've been ready all week for this. I mean, it is an IHSA semifinal, which means the Knights are one of four teams remaining in Class 2A. Fieldcrest takes on Sterling Newman, at 1 p.m. in Sterling. I mean, it's a road game. You guys are the two seed. Sterling's the four seed. What are your thoughts going into this game?
1: I mean, I'm really excited for it. They have a really nice venue. The field's extremely nice. It's at a really nice school. They're a good team, and I'm excited.
0: Awesome. Uh, What do you... I know you guys have had a few days to watch some film. What do you know about Newman, and what are you guys going to try to do against them? I
1: mean, they like to... Take time off the clock and keep their offense on as long as possible. And they mainly do running, but they have a few good passing
0: plays as well. Yeah, when I was still with the News Tribune, I did the first two weeks of the season, which both featured Newman. So I talked to the coach, Brandon Kreismeyer, about you know the team and and things like that. Through covering those games and you know talking to people that I know that are into football and stuff like that. Newman is not the Newman of old that was winning state championships and stuff like that, but they're still a tough squad. So what do you see with them, you know, talent-wise and skill-wise?
1: I mean, yeah, they have some talented players, but I think they really kind of bank on people being nervous playing against them because you hear Sterling Newman, you think, oh, they're going to be a powerhouse, but it's not the case, and I think they're a very good team and they have a lot of talent, but I think we could definitely match up against them.
0: Going in. I guess to your guys' locker room or to your huddles, things like that. What is, you know, the team's mentality? Is Does everybody think that way? Like, hey, they, they think that we should be intimidated. What are you guys' team as a whole going in? What's the, the mentality?
1: Yeah, I think that it kind of drives us whenever, when other schools don't expect us to play very well against them. And when other schools think that they could just dominate us up front and out physical us and – it really makes us play to the best of our ability.
0: Let's talk about the offense first. I mean, you guys have a pretty dominant running game. A You guys use two quarterbacks that bring different elements to, to the game. Just talk about your guys' offense and, you know, what it's do done throughout the season and what you're hoping against Newman.
1: I mean, we really like to run the ball in the beginning and open up the passing game. And once we get the passing game going with players like Jackson McKay and Henry Lorden and Keegan Robbins and Tyson Cummington. We could just keep running on teams and keep going and score as many points as possible.
0: Awesome. And you can't forget Kenton Casterjohn as the ball handler.
1: No, he just bruises people. I mean, people do not want to take down someone with his size and speed and quickness at outside even.
0: Definitely. Let's go to the other side of the ball defensively. I've seen you guys once, and your defense did not let up at all, didn't allow anything First playoff game, I think you guys gave up a not a freak play. I mean, a play's a play, but a big play for West Carroll. Led a lot of couple touchdowns here and there, but you guys have already had pretty decent leads to you know from there. Just talk about your defense and the size, and just your guys' tenacious stopping everybody.
1: Yeah, we take a lot of pride in our defense, and we always have we have really big D line players. I mean, we've, our other D lineman is all he's like six five almost 300 pounds and he's extremely strong and physical and that really helps us having our bigger d-line and a couple great backers because it really helps in our coverage game because like last week in a game against clifton they have a very good passing game but since we didn't have to have very many people in the box we were able to cover the pass
0: you guys defeated elgin st edward 35-14 in the second round and then that West Carroll game that I had mentioned was 20-8, to eight, and they had that 8 nothing lead, and then you guys came back.
1: What was the score of the Clifton game?
0: 37-19. Awesome. Uh, who was the uh, 6'5", 300-pound lineman you're talking about?
1: Parker Russman.
0: Okay. And then what size are you? How big are you?
1: I was, I'm about 6'2", 6'3", 285 pounds.
0: So you're not a small boy? No. <laughs> not yeah, to, we've got a lot of size Yeah, that's one thing about your guys' team Coming into this season We knew you were going to be big And you guys have not only been, played big But you've been athletic big at the same time
1: Yeah Yeah, we do a lot of agility and stuff During the off season to make sure that we're not big and slow
0: Who is the, uh, the line coach at Fieldcrest Or who works with you guys the most?
1: So, Craig Meyer and Coach Weber our two line coaches and they've been line coaches for a very long time and they're very experienced.
0: What have they helped you with personally that is, you know, made you a better lineman?
1: I mean they're just great guys that you could talk to outside of football. I mean they're both they live right down my road and I could talk to them anytime I want and that really helps with understanding what I need to do during the games.
0: And then yeah, you did mention linebackers. Who are the the linebackers that you're talking about that have played big for you guys? Well, we have
1: Jordan Hochecker, um, Travis Sunken, Tyler Baker, and Ethan Stoker.
0: The Knights have been to this level one time in the past. That was in 2014. Yeah. Now, you guys have the opportunity or are doing it again. But if you win this game, this will be the first time that Fieldcrest is in the state championship game. Talk about the feeling the what's going around in the locker room about the special moment that you guys have in front of you.
1: Oh, it's really exciting, especially with the team that was that good in twenty fourteen. We kinda want to prove that we're really good as well and and we everyone kinda had a bad taste in their mouth after we lost in twenty fourteen and we kinda think about it and it's like a personal record for the school, you know.
0: I just want you to know I don't think I've always felt this way, like high school things change every year, especially when it's a gap between 14 and 19. Those teams are never the same. It doesn't even matter if it's the same coach, always different talent, always a different stigma about what's going around with the team. So I just want to tell you and the rest of the Knights, like congratulations on what you've been able to do. Thank you. We appreciate it. Definitely. But with that said, the 14 team was the same way. They had some great talent as well.
1: Oh, yeah, they had a few All-Staters, really athletic, and they had a really big line also.
0: I think you guys are going to have a couple All-Staters too. I don't see how you don't.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Especially on the line. I don't I don't know who or I don't know where because, you know, it's kind of hard, you know, one game watching you guys to, to judge who's, you know, the best lineman and stuff like that. But with that size and what your running game's been able to do and what you guys have not allowed – and defensively, for other offenses, like somebody's got to be on the state team. Monuk is a very cool place to go watch a game at Fieldcrest High School. But just talk about if you guys make the state championship to be able to play at Husky Stadium in DeKalb for NIU, what that would mean to you guys.
1: I mean, it'd mean a lot to us being able to go play a championship game. And it's for the conference, too, because I think the conference has won the past four years the state championship, and it would have been five if 2014 could have pulled it out. But, yeah, it means a lot to our team, our town, and our conference.
0: And the conference you're talking about, of course, is the Heart of Illinois Conference. That conference is always stacked. Gibson, City, Melvin Sibley, Tri-Valley. There's a couple others. What are a couple other uh, monster teams in that conference?
1: Eureka's really good, and Fisher was doing good this year. Mac was good in 2016, like really good.
0: Oh, I seen that team. They were really, really solid.
1: Yeah, I remember playing them. It was a rough game.
0: <laughs> Did you get beat up a little bit? Oh yeah. But before you get to you know Husky Stadium in the you got to think about Newman. Obviously, it's game by game, right? Especially in the playoffs. Absolutely. You guys are twelve and zero. They're eleven and one. You guys have what – you know your strengths. You know what's going to work well for, you know, your teams. So, I know you guys don't really change anything, but is there, like, little modifications or adjustments, things like that that you guys have in mind for Newman?
1: Yeah, we always change some things up on defense and kind of play to our strengths against a team that runs in, like, a wing tee and a wishbone and stuff. But we really need to focus on what they do good on offense And be able to try to stop them because they like to hold on to the ball for eight to ten minutes of drive.
0: So yeah, you're just you know, you're talking about the the legacy that is starting to be built with Knights football. I just spoke to Drew Barth, and we will have a podcast out with him pretty soon. But he was speaking on his junior year, which was that twenty fourteen team that went to the semifinal. That was the first year that Fieldcrest won a playoff game. So just talk about You know, being in the mix and continuing the run that the Knights have been on for, you know, at least a good five years now.
1: Yeah, it feels good because we've only missed the playoffs one time since then. And this year we're really coming back just like we did that year. And we made it just as far and we just want to go farther than that team did.
0: We'll just talk about, uh, you know, the community when you go through Minook and, you know, the other feeder towns into the co-op. Um, I know there's Dana. There's a couple other ones. What are the other ones?
1: Rotland, Winona, Toluca
0: There you go. So if you you go through those towns, you see Fieldcrest stuff everywhere. You see the the pennants in the ground. You see the the writings on the the windshields and the the backseat windows and stuff like that. Just talk about the community support for what you guys have been able to do on the football field this year and you know the previous seasons.
1: Yeah, we're a really tight-knit community, and pretty much they're such small towns that everybody knows each other and supports each other. And their support really helps drive us to win as many games as possible, because we don't want to let any of our fans down.
0: Definitely. Have you heard any uh, news of, you know, buses or, you know, transportation to Sterling on Saturday?
1: Yeah, we're going to have one of those charter bus.
0: Are you going to have family there to support you?
1: Yeah, we're going to have a lot of people there, a lot of... Old field dress players, a lot of family and friends. It's going to be great.
0: So how long have you been playing football?
1: I've been playing football since third grade.
0: That's quite a while. Yeah. So you're a senior. You've been playing since third grade. You get to this level. I mean, was this something when you first started playing or even, you know, a freshman in high school, was this something that you thought could be reality? I mean,
1: it was always kind of in the back of your mind but you don't think about it until you're actually here. If you know what I mean? Like you never think like, Oh, we're going to be in the semifinals and playing in late November in the beginning of the season. You always just take it one week at a time. And once you're there, I mean, it comes out of nowhere.
0: So when you did start playing in third grade, what was it about football that either pulled you in or that has made you continue to play? What is it about football? Because I know in third grade, you weren't 6'3", 280 pounds. So so what made you keep playing to you know, find out that this was a sport for you?
1: I've always been relatively good. Like in third grade, I was a running back and a linebacker, and I was pretty good at those positions. And then as I kept getting bigger, I changed into like a D end, and I was really good at D end. And I was always bigger than everyone else for the most part, and I just enjoyed it. And I liked being good at a sport, so I just continued playing.
0: Was there any other sports that you tried or that you still play the, that, uh you know, maybe to stay in shape for football or anything like that? I mean, not really, because I used to play basketball, but I wasn't really a fan
1: of it. I only played it because my friends did. I used to be pretty good at baseball, but I just stopped playing that because I focus more on football.
0: Have you had any thoughts or has anybody approached you about playing college ball?
1: I mean, I've definitely thought about it, but... I don't know about how much time it would take for me, because I like to work in the summer to pursue my career. So I don't know if I would have enough time to be able to manage playing football and working and stuff like that.
0: Okay. What's this career you speak of? What do you want to do with your life?
1: I want to run a concrete company.
0: In the A concrete company in the area? or
1: Yeah, my dad is an owner of a concrete company. I've been working for him for a few summers. I really enjoy it.
0: So, do you want to take over his company or own another one?
1: Yeah, I think eventually work up to that part, and when he's ready to retire, I'll try to take over.
0: What is what is it about the concrete business that you like and enjoy and want to life in it? You know, for the future.
1: I don't know. I think when you just kind of grow up, grow up around something, you start getting. I don't know. You start liking to learn about it, and when you're younger, you always kind of like to know what your dad does, and it always kind of helps you pursue what he does because you look up
0: to him so much awesome we got to give your dad a shout out what's his name justin Falk. well that's cool that he's installed you know a work ethic and gave you goals and and you want to do something in that in that field that's awesome yeah i look up to him a lot mason i am sitting here drinking this smoothie what is your favorite kind of what is your favorite fruit strawberries no way that's actually what i'm drinking i'm drinking a strawberry smoothie
1: yeah, strawberries gotta
0: be my favorite fruit. Awesome. Very good. Very good. So you're now envisioning yourself sitting at your desk of this concrete company that you own with your feet on the desk drinking a strawberry smoothie?
1: Oh, yeah. That'd be the life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank you for joining us and. I really am not a guy to say the best of luck. I know that you guys have the ability to pull off this win, so go get them. We will. That was a nice sight. Just kidding. We are not done yet. If you did not know, I'm a customer service representative at a bank. Right after that, went straight to IVCC and... For once, for Phil, the job as a assistant basketball coach. I do not get there as much as I would like to because I'm working all the time. And I don't get the opportunity to be with the team as much as I would love to. So I try to do as much as I can. Anyway, it's not about me. It is about the IVCC Lady Eagles. And fortunately, we fell 79-73. To marine valley it, it was a pretty solid performance and when we started off flat in both the first half and second half we made runs in both the first half and second half you know we were down by well halfway through the third i believe yeah halfway through the third I had some some uh, possessions where we boarded really well especially offensively we had one one possession where I think we had four offensive rebounds. We just couldn't get a shot to fall. And then we had others where, you know, they were getting offensive boards that we weren't boxing out and things like that. But all around, solid game. You know, things we can improve on, of course. That brings IVCC's record to 3-3. Three and three. I am learning a ton from Josh Nauman. Even though I'm not there, I'm there like once a week. But every time I'm there, I am gaining so much, like, how to how to talk to the players, how to run drills, how to I'm learning everything. I'm trying to soak in as much as I can. Maybe one day, you know, that's what I want to do. I'll just podcast and be a basketball coach. That would be that would be the life for me. I'd be perfect. I can retire from the bank. <laughs> the goal for that is in about three weeks. So in three weeks I'm gonna retire and just do some podcasting and coaching. I'd be amazing. Anyway stats really quick. Gabby Inglehop who is a Hall graduate scored 16 points. Janessa Hart scored all 15 of her points in the second half. Went 9 and 10 from the free throw line. They kept hacking her when she was going up for rebounds and the refs were calling it and she was doing what she had to do with the line. It was awesome to see. And Mads Udemark. She's a Madeline, but there's already a Madeline on the team. There's a Maddie, a Meredith. I think the Maddies in Maryland as well. Maddie Porter. So Madeline Utamark goes by Mads. Good score. She scored 13. So those were the leaders. This was a add-on game. It wasn't really originally scheduled, so that we just picked it up. Or Coach Nolman picked it up. Good game. Like I said, I hope I'm there more. I hope you know we continue to improve. I think there's a lot of talent there. We have some scores, we have some rebounders. We don't have a lot of ball handling and we're not really an aggressive team. The two games I've been at, Marine Valley and Joliet, both teams have been more aggressive than us. We beat Joliet, we did not beat Marine Valley. So, I mean, it's not that we can't play with aggressive teams but it's definitely gonna help us if we get a little tougher and make some smarter passes and are more aggressive offensively and defensively. That's all I wanted to add because I was at the game. I love it. It's awesome being on the sideline. I don't really say much. I know I don't think it's my place. Josh has I mean very knowledgeable. He knows the game. I say my little pieces here. Like I said, I'm not there a lot. So I don't want the team to look at me like, you know, who's this guy? Or they know Josh and and uh, other assistant coach Brittany Murardi, who has been with the team for a few years now. So I just stick my piece. You know I'm learning, just like at the bank I'm learning. So a lot, of, a lot of learning going on, but it's a lot of fun. And hopefully we'll get them next time. But we have a we got a week off for Thanksgiving. So I'll let you know what happens next. I know we have a lot of road games coming up and I will not be able to attend most of them because the bus leaves at like 2.30 or 3 o'clock and I don't get off of work until after that. So I'll keep you updated. I watch the games. I watch the games live on YouTube or things like that. Just search for IVCC Eagles on YouTube and you can see a lot of the games. They're a lot of fun to watch so you should check them out. Anyway, so for real now, I'm out of here. See you later. Hey